know what that sound means. It's another exciting installment of the Van Brawl Seasons Podcast, where we talk local sports, both the Atlanta Pro franchises, like the Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and we also talk the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So strap in, guys. It's another exciting episode about to start right now. What up, Podcast Land? This is just Jim and Joe of the Fan for All Seasons Podcast. And I just want to say I hope you guys had a great Christmas, a very Merry Christmas, and a wonderful Happy New Year. The highlight of the new year from 2021 going into 2022 was that of the University of Georgia Bulldog football team taking care of business against Michigan. And now the dogs find themselves one game away as they prepare for a rematch with Alabama. On tonight's episode, it's pretty simple. We're talking all things Georgia Bulldog football set for the national championship game coming up on Monday. I, for one, am really excited about it. I think it's going to be a really great game. But before we get into the college football national championship preview, it's time to get a word from our sponsor. And Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue, authentic original smoked barbecue catering. You can learn more at georgiasmoke.com. And I'll be connecting with our guest of the week via the Fan for All Seasons fan line here in one second. And Fan for All Seasons fans, we're back. We're going to connect via the Fan for All Seasons family with our guest of the week. And he's a guy who's been on this podcast before. He is a very proud University of Georgia alum like myself. And I believe he had the fortune of being in Hard Rock Stadium last Friday night to see the Georgia Bulldogs take care of Michigan. He is the one and only. He is Mr. Lee Etheridge. Lee, how's it going, my friend? It's going well. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate the opportunity again here and talk about the dogs. No problem. Why don't we get things started here, Lee? So the first thing I want to hit you with, and so you were fortunate enough to be at the Orange Bowl last Friday night. And so what was your experience like? Oh, man. The experience of the Orange Bowl was incredible. Uh, just kind of like the sights, the sounds, the lights. Um, the stadium itself is kind of uh, separated away from, from a lot of the, the rest of the stuff to do down there in South Florida. Um, but the, the game, obviously, was, was phenomenal. But more so like the, the surrounding environment, uh, being able to, to be in the Miami and Fort Lauderdale area, absolutely incredible. I, I attended the, the Rose Bowl game. We were in the semi there. And I, I went to the Sugar Bowl against I think if we're ranking, you know, kind of New Year's Six top tier bowl games into tiers, then those three, the Rose, the Sugar, and the Orange, rank right up there in kind of the S or the A-plus tier um, for me. Oh, absolutely. And from the pictures I saw and everything that I had heard, apparently there were a ton of Michigan fans there. Did you feel like you were outnumbered as far as Georgia fans to Michigan fans? Absolutely. Uh, I was going to get into this, but... Every Michigan fan that I talked to before the game, along with a lot of the locals I talked to before the game, they were all expecting Michigan to, to roll through Georgia based on what we saw from the dogs last time out against them in the SEC championship game. Obviously, that was a bad take, so, so that was fun as a dogs fan. I think the Michigan fans probably outnumbered UGA throughout the, the South Florida area and certainly in the stadium. Uh, it was probably 60% uh, Michigan, 55% Michigan, somewhere in that ballpark, and it was so nice to watch them clear out in the third and fourth quarter. Well, speaking of teams, they clear out in the third and the fourth quarter. Now, I'm sure you're aware of this with the Georgia-Florida game. One of the best feelings in the world when you're at the Georgia-Florida game is seeing all the Florida people when when they leave in, in between the third and the fourth quarter. Just see that sea of orange and blue head for the exits. It's the best feeling in Jacksonville. And and so I oh, so yeah. I feel you on that. I feel you on that. For sure. Well, well the next topic we're going to get into, Lee, I just want to get your overall thoughts of what we saw in the dominating performance from Georgia 
in the 34 to 11 win. So I just want to get your overall thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. I think we saw a very well-rounded performance from the dogs against Michigan. Uh, we outgained them in yardage, 521 to 328. We didn't allow a touchdown until we had our second, third stringers out there on defense at the end of the game. Uh, you could you could see the level of preparation from the coaches and players on the field. The whole team really showed up, and they really proved themselves. You know, the second to last possession for Michigan showed how much the guys wanted it. But our first team defense out there on the field, they had the game in hand, and they refused to give up a touchdown. It, you know, it was it was all about sending a message. Really dominated time of possession, winning by almost 10 minutes there. Ran the ball for 5.4 yards per carry and won the turnover battle decisively, three to nothing. I think everyone did exactly what was needed. Uh, I think UGA really just had a better game plan and, and just too much talent for Michigan, to be completely honest. Absolutely, I completely agree. And, and I want to get your thoughts on the Georgia offensive line and so what they were able to do. You know, all we had heard about was Aiden Hutchinson and Ajobo and Michigan's and these good guys on Michigan's defensive line and how they were just going to make life a living heck for Stetson Bennett and Georgia's offensive line. Jamari Salyer and the Georgia offensive line really did a number on really did a number on Hutchinson and Ajobo. So I want to get your thoughts on the uh, on the Georgia offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. The, the line looked dominant. Jamari Salyer in particular stepped up and really worked Aiden Hutchinson all game. But I think there was more to it for slowing down that pass rush than just the individual performances. I think there was a lot of, uh, you know, blocking scheme uh, involved there, a lot of game plan. Um, Georgia did a really solid job of, uh, you know, addressing those two impact rushers with, with double teams when necessary, with getting quick outs on, you know, block screens, tight end screen for Brock Bowers and others. And it really worked out well for us. Um, kept them in check, for sure. Definitely, definitely. And, and going back to Jamar Sawyer, I'm going to just jump back to him for one quick second. And the thing that I'm really happy with is he's finally healthy now. And so I think... Having him anchor the left side is really going to help Georgia Monday night. You know, he'll probably be up against Will Anderson. I know he faced Will Anderson in the SEC Championship game. But you could tell Jamari Sawyer was not near as healthy as he looked in the Michigan game. And and I, and I just think that's a real boost to Georgia's, Georgia's offensive line. You know, having to go up against such a great pass rusher in Will Anderson. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, he, he looked like a, like a man among boys out there uh, against Michigan. Um, like, a, like a big old bull out there, you know, um, stopping everything that Hutchinson had to offer. So uh, exciting to see know how that translates over to the Bama game no doubt no doubt keeping with the offensive side of the ball I want to get your thoughts on Todd Munkin and so we called a really good game against Michigan and even had a few tricks up his sleeve with the trick play with Kenny McIntosh to A.D. Mitchell and so I just want to get your overall thoughts on uh, Todd Munkin in year two yeah coach Munkin's a really good coach I think there's a chance that he gets the opportunity to either run his own show or jump back to the NFL in the next year or two uh, if he wants to make one of those you know we started out with solid involvement uh, kind of like I said with the, the short passes out um, tight end and slot screen uh, for Bowers and Co. I expected that to be a vital part of the game plan going in. It's really not to see that pay off. I didn't expect to see the trick play, and neither did Michigan, which was great. I love the quote from James Cook on that. You know, when it came to the game and, and Coach Munkin called that, I was like, hold on. I know we ain't going to call this. He didn't hit a good pass all week. And he threw it. I give it up to him. Great throw. So, you know, you love seeing something like that out there, the quote uh, in particular, because it shows, you know, we practiced that all week, expecting for it to work if the situation presented itself. And we all saw how it played out. I think Munkin's been really versatile for us. He's made good adjustments. Uh, and he calls plays to the strengths of his players. And that's really allowed us to be successful. And again, going back to, to the earlier point on the O-line, you can see that in the blocking scheme that we use to, to slow down that Michigan pass rush. Absolutely, absolutely. And the big key word that I have with Munkin and what we saw in the Michigan game is creativity. What we saw out of him is, 
is we saw, is we definitely saw a more creative side of Munkin. We didn't see just, you know, the typical two yards in a cloud of dust, Georgia. We, we, what we saw was variety on offense, you know, getting the ball out quick. And I thought that was a great job by Bennett able to, to get the ball out quick. And I know Munkin w- yeah. was behind that as well. And I, and I just moved that Munkin, uh, implored in the Michigan game. And I think he'll probably try to do the same thing against Bama. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, Munkin called it an incredible game out there. You know, he got Stetson into, into a really good situation. You know, Stetson was to, to rack up over 300 yards passing. I love the post-game interview with Stetson where they're asking him for a play that stood out to him, and he was talking about the, you know, the pass to James Cook, the touchdown pass. They were looking for the matchup against the linebacker there. They got it. They executed. And credit for that goes to, you know, to the players, obviously, but also to Todd Munkin for, for drawing up the play. Absolutely, absolutely. And and so now we're going to jump over to Stetson Bennett. And so we were kind of just talking about that a second ago. So Bennett had a great game against Michigan. And so can a performance like that that Bennett had against Michigan, can that carry over to Alabama on Monday night? Yeah, I think, you know, Stetson was huge in the Michigan game, obviously. Uh, he played a perfect game for what the dogs uh, wanted to do on offense. You know, we ran for 190 yards. Stetson played complimentary football, even more than complimentary football, to be honest. He completed two-thirds of his passes. He had 313 yards passing, three touchdowns, no turnovers. He ran for another 32 yards. Uh, he had one run in particular that seemed to catch the Michigan defense right off guard, came for the big first down. So you got to love the versatility. And to have him coming in on, on a high for the national championship is uh, a great place to be in. I think it's great that he was able to tune out all the noise going into the, the semifinal. Uh, you know, as Quay Walker uh, said this week, Stetson's still using the flip phone, so he doesn't let all the noise get to him. Obviously, Bama's a different animal. It's going to be tough to say if that type of performance will come against Bama. Um, but if he can deliver, you know, even 90% of the level that he delivered uh, in the semifinal, then I absolutely think the dogs are going to be celebrating it. I'm knocking on wood if they say that. No doubt, no doubt. I, I completely agree with you. And and if we and if we see just a little bit of how Bennett was against Michigan, and if you even look back to like the regular season, like Stetson Bennett has t- has taken us on this ride like this far. It ju- it just seems like against Bama, he he has like a couple moments, you know, where he's trying to be too fine. And you know he has a little bit of that gunslinger mentality to him. And as far as trying to you know force passes and stuff, and and the bit the big key the big key with Bennett, in my opinion, if Bennett's able to just play clean. Now I. I know he and Bryce Young are two totally different types of quarterbacks, but but at the end of the day, if Bennett's able to just play cleaner than Bryce Young, yeah, that's it. I, I I really I really think Bennett and the dogs will be able to get it done. It just depends on if Bennett's gonna be able to play clean and be able to take care of the ball. And I feel like Bennett will. I, yeah, I think so too. I think he's a great person to have out there. Uh, obviously, the coaching staff has a lot of trust in him in, in that kind of game manager role. Trust him to play within himself, take advantage of the opportunities as they present themselves, and and to take care of the football. And that's number one. Uh, for, for Stetson and for really any quarterback in, in a game of this magnitude is you got to take care of football. Definitely, definitely. And for once, it was really nicely to not have to hear about JT Daniels and Stetson Bennett. It was just Stetson Bennett. Like, this is his show. This is his moment. And I cannot wait to see what he does on Monday night. And it just it just seems like the, it seems like the guys really rally around him. I heard an interview today with Davin Bellamy on an Atlanta radio station. And Bellamy was talking about, you know, having to go up against Stetson when Stetson was on the scout team. And he was saying, saying that Stetson was just making all these crazy throws and doing a really good job of impersonating Baker Mayfield, you know, for the Rose Bowl. I mean, Stetson Bennett's a really talented guy, and I feel like the national pundits out there, and heck, even Georgia fans are critical of Stetson Bennett. I partly think that a lot of that is unfair because all this guy's done is win. I mean, we can't, I mean, we can't knock him for where he's taking us, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, 
absolutely. You got to pull for this guy. Uh, you know, he's a, a former unranked recruit, basically. You know, got the opportunity to, to be a preferred walk-on at, at his dream school that he grew up uh, pulling for. Uh, took that opportunity, turned it into a scholarship opportunity in junior college, and then got the call to come in and, and to be a backup as a three-star JUCO recruit coming to UGA again. And, and took up the dogs on that offer. And, you know, the opportunity presented itself, and he was available. And the best ability is availability. And all that he's done in, in stepping in as a starter um, when he's been given it is win for the most part. Obviously, the, the Florida game last year and the, the two Bama games that we've seen have been the, the exception there. But it, it looks like everything's finally coming together for him. And we're seeing uh, kind of peak Stetson Bennett here. Yeah, I agree. I, I think we're seeing Bennett play his best football at the right time. And we're seeing Bennett um, able to make plays, you know, down the field to various guys. I thought the pass that he had to James Cook was just right on the money. And, and just look, it looks like the different receivers have like a real faith and a real trust in Bennett and you gotta have that especially in the magnitude where George is about to be uh in Indianapolis yeah the the James Cook uh touchdown the Jermaine Burton touchdown both of those really stand out as being you know excellent execution excellent placement from Stetson to, to make those happen uh two you know basically 40 yard plus touchdown passes in a college semifinal you can't ask for anything better than that no doubt about it so flipping things over to the flipping things over to the defensive side of the ball the Georgia defensively got back to being opportunistic and creating turnovers against Michigan so how important will it be for the dogs to be able to create one or two turnovers against Alabama I think it's going to be vitally important um you know with this caliber of uh, these caliber of defenses facing off uh, you can always count on at least one turnover you know being out there uh, generally speaking uh, and who comes out ahead it's going to heavily impact you know the, the outcome of the game whoever wins this turnover battle um it's going to have an edge for sure um I, I love the stat from the semifinal Gary and Kendrick grabbed his second pick in the third quarter he actually had more receptions from the Michigan QBs than any of their receivers at that point in the game so it's going to be absolutely vital to see if the dogs can you know can win that turnover battle against Bama that's just a fun stat I, I love that stat I, I hadn't heard heard that but but that's great. That's great. Well, speaking of Darian Kendrick, it looks like he is starting to play some of his best football, you know, later in the year. Now, now how much of an impact can he make against a guy like Jamison Williams? Yeah, that's a tough question. That's a that's a really tough question. We saw what Jamison Williams did to our defense uh, last time out. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. I think Darian Kendrick and Keely Ringo have really played exceptionally well uh, for the Dogs this season. Really, really solid lockdown corners for us. I think the, the key for or shutting down the Alabama passing game is going to be, you know, equal parts sticking more to what we've done all season because uh, the reports are out there that we tried to change up quite a few things the week before the SEC championship and are all for making adjustments. But at the same time, we have the best defense in the country for a reason. You got to see the guys out there playing ball the way that they've been doing it all year. And the other thing is going to be the pass rush. I think that, you know, Georgia's pass rush has to, to come through and put some pressure on Bryce Young in this game. And, you know, they shifted around the pocket quite a bit in the SEC championship game. We're able to evade a lot of that. And so that's where I think the, the big adjustment on defense needs to come through. It's figuring out a way to get home. I, I couldn't agree more with you. And that's that's where you have guys like and, and that's where you have guys like like in Nakobe Dean, like a Quay Walker. You, you know, these you know, the big guys up front like Carter and Davis and Wyatt and all those guys. And I and I just think the I think the big guys up front are gonna play a lot better than they did against Alabama. Bama I know Bama's dealing with injuries along their offensive line uh, from the Cincinnati game, and I just think and I, I just got a feeling in my stomach, Lee, that, that, that the big guys up front are going to really dictate oh, yeah, the tempo of this game. They, I, I really do. I definitely think we're going to see those guys step up. 
step up. I, I agree. I, I also think that another big thing that's going to hurt Alabama from their perspective is not having John Mechie because Mechie really did a number on us and I think not having yep. him is going to change things a lot for them. I know they've got Williams and I know they recruit well but Mechie but Mechie is just like a, like a different cat you know what I mean? Absolutely yeah I mean it's, it's Bama they're loaded with talent year after year they don't uh, rebuild they reload all of that you know that all gets thrown out there but uh you know John Mechie is like a second team first team all SEC caliber receiver who happened to be second fiddle this year on that team um but you know for a lot of teams in college football he, he would be a number one option so you know him not being out there alongside Jamison Williams gives us that much more flexibility and how he kind of schemed to take away Jamison Williams our number one option in this game so we can kind of see you know what some of their lower guys on the depth chart bring into the game and, and hopefully take advantage of that absolutely absolutely and so you know Al Alabama is going to do everything in their power to try to take away Brock Bowers on Monday night. And so with Bama focusing all that attention on Bowers, so who else in the Georgia passing game do you think is going to make a major impact on Monday night? Yeah, I got to be honest here. I got a couple questions, a couple of answers rather um, for this one. I think the the big one that, that just stands out to me just as a college football fan, not even as a Georgia fan, this could be George Pickens' last game in the red and black. Um, you know, and we haven't seen him have that improvement this season coming back from injury. And he's got a lot to prove since he's most likely going pro. And the opportunity is there with this being a national title for him to really improve his stock. So, you know, you, you obviously want to see uh, what's best for him. I think he can go out there and make a huge impact in this game. The defense is going to focus on Brock. Um, and then on the pure matchup side of things, uh, I'd look to Darnell Washington, John Fitzpatrick. I think, you know, we could see UGA run some of those similar slip screens uh, to the tight end if, if Brock is the, the focus for Bama and take advantage of the fact that we've got two six foot seven tight ends out there, um, you know, in addition to Brock. So uh, it's very tough to defend against guys of NBA size who are out there on the college ball field. No doubt. Now, I love that call with Darnell Washington, especially around the goal line. And and I just feel like if Bennett's in a pinch and we're on the goal line, the goal he's got to do is just throw it up to big Darnell or big John and just let him go get it. I mean, like you said, with what Georgia's got out there, the tight end but I mean, it's like trying to cover two NBA power forwards. I mean, that's not fair. Yep. That's not fair. And and so as far as me, as far as the guy who I think is going to have a big day, you know, based off if Brock is covered, I've heard this from a lot of people, you know, whether it be radio or TV or stuff, but I just get the feeling that James Cook could be a major X factor on Monday night. I think Cook and McIntosh both. I, th- I think, I think oh. James mostly because of his ability, as far as being a receiver, you can use him in the slot. You can use him in a lot of different ways. And I think McIntosh is Absolutely. just a force you, you know whether it's in the backfield or you you could have him out in the slot as well. I think he's athletic enough where you could whip him some quick passes and let him run. I mean, we saw his athleticism with that great throw the other day. I think Kenny McIntosh yep. is a sneaky good athlete that not a lot of people are talking about. Yeah, I think uh, Kenny Mack's going to be the kind of filling that James Cook role for us uh, in the future. And, and, you know, obviously all of our, our upperclassmen want to go out on top here. Um, I, I think James Cook has a real opportunity to, to shine in this game. Well, I mean, we saw it on the, you know, 39-yard touchdown pass from, from Stetson. Basically a wheel route against a linebacker. Uh, where, where have we seen that before? Oh, yeah, it was last year against Alabama. Uh, similar play, same guy. So I think that that's a really solid shout-out on, on, uh, on your part there to, to see that guy getting more involvement. 
is covered up in the passing game. For sure, for sure. When we, before we get on out of here, I do have one other topic for you. And so Georgia finds itself in a unique spot, getting a second chance and an opponent that they've faced recently. And so what adjustments do you expect Georgia to make uh, in, in this game against Alabama on Monday? Yeah, I think we really hit on uh, a couple of these already. But, I, you know, the, on the defensive side, you got to get back to playing ball the way that you did all year. you got to bring the momentum from the Michigan game in there with you. And you got to rush the passer. you gotta, you got to make Bryce Young feel the pressure. And I think more than anything else, that is the number one thing that Georgia has to do to win this game. Um, you, you got to get some sacks. you got to get some hits, some hurries, um, you know, in there on, on Bryce Young and see how he handles the, the adversity in, you know, obviously a high-stakes situation with a national championship on the line. Offensively, I, I like, you know, that we've got our O-line looking healthier. Um, I think that we're going to have a, a really solid scheme set up to, to handle the Alabama pass rush. Hopefully, uh, Stephen's mobility will help us out a little bit there. And it's just going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see if we can, uh, you know, play within ourselves, play our brand of football. Prior to Alabama becoming the passing offense they've been in the past, I don't know, four years, they played the same style of football that, that we play. Um, and it's going to be, you know, who can, who can show up, who can muscle up and and uh, dominate the line of scrimmage. And I think Georgia's got the talent to do that, for sure. So I'm excited to see it. I'm actually going to be there, so I'm going to be, uh, you know, cheering my heart out for the dog. Oh my gosh. Wait, oh wait. Time out. Okay, so you're going to Indy? Wow. And, and, and so what's your deal? When, when are you flying out, you know, all that stuff, Lee. I'm actually driving up. My my family. So my uncle is a season ticket holder, and I went to the Orange Bowl with him and his family. And then uh, my mom hit me up after we won and was like, "All right, we're going to the the championship. Like, do you want to come?" I was like, "Absolutely, sign me up." So I'm gonna road trip up with those guys. You know, staying in the India area. Um, a lot of them have been planning for this for a while, so we're just kind of hopping on at the last second here. But very excited to be there. We that that's unbelievable, man. That's unbelievable. I, I love that. I I. I hope you have a great trip. I hope you have a blast. Uh, I'd love to have you on again and hear about your experience in Indy and all that stuff. I, man, that's so cool. I'm, I'm psyched for you, bro. I'm psyched for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. I, I can't begin to describe how excited I am for the opportunity to go and watch the dogs championship game. Dad, when he was at UGA, I want to say it was his freshman year, Georgia played Pitt uh, with Dan Marino in the Sugar Bowl for the chance at, at a share of the national title, if not an outright national title, the year after we won. And, uh, you know, he, he watched us lose that game, unfortunately. But uh, just to be able to experience, you know, a uh, the same thing, a, a national championship game for the dogs. You know, obviously, this was as a student, mine's not, so it's a little bit different, but very, very stoked about the opportunity to, to be there in person uh, and cheer on the dogs. Well, I was there in 18 against Bama in Atlanta, and it was brutal, and I, did, and I had a chance to go to Indy myself, but I've been recovering. I'm, I haven't been feeling well. I'm kind of under the weather. So I decided to stay back, recover, feel better, and watch and meet up with my dad and just and just watch with him. And uh, so hopefully it's better luck that I'm not there and you and a bunch of my other friends that I know are going, bring it, bring it home for us, man. Bring it home for us. Absolutely. The dogs can bring it home. I hope so. I hope so. Lee. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Lee. I always like your perspective with Georgia football, and uh, we'll have you on again. Maybe talk some more. Maybe talk some Hawks and uh, some Braves if we can ever get rid of this stupid lockout. Yeah, absolutely. If we can ever get rid of this Sounds stupid great, lockout, man. Lee. <laughs> if you ask yeah, me, yeah, there's a, a, a big pickle there. For it, sure. It, um, it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. It, it really is. It really is. I just hope the two sides can come to an agreement at some point, and we can see. Uh, the Braves try to repeat 
as uh, World Series champ. Yeah, hopefully the Braves can get Freddie back for sure. For sure. Well, one last thing before I let you go. So think about this. If Georgia gets this done, I mean, just think about it. You have the Braves and Georgia doing this in the same year. Like, as a Braves and yep. Georgia guy, I mean, this is what you dream of. Am I right? I mean, yeah, this kind of takes away the whole narrative about Atlanta and Georgia sports, right? Uh, if we were to win two championships in one calendar season, that, oh. would, that would be huge. Holy I'm not going to win again over here. You, you pair that up with the unexpected Hawks playoff run from last season, it's a pretty great time to be a fan here in, uh, in Georgia in the, in the ATL, you know? You, 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 you said it. Very, you said it, my exciting. friend. You said it. Well, we thank you so much, and we'll have you on again soon. Have a great trip to Indy, and go dogs, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Again, go good. dogs. Go dogs. So that was a great interview we did with our man Lee Etheridge, talking a variety of things as far as Georgia football, getting you guys ready for the national championship. I think it's great that our man Lee is going to be there. I know several friends that are going to, going to the national championship game, going to Indy, whether it be driving or flying. I just think it's really cool that so many people are getting to go and experience this moment. Hopefully the dogs get it done. We'll be talking about it next week on the pod. Uh, but before we get on out of here and get a word from our sponsor, I'm going to tell you guys about FanFrostSeasons.com. You can check out our website you can go to our merchandise store you can get hoodies you can get sweatshirts you can get t-shirts we have long sleeve t-shirts as well so hit up our merchandise store go to fanbrawlseasons.com and you can also check out our website because you can listen to episodes you can listen to where this episode will be dropping later this evening you can listen to our past episodes as well and you can also check out the sweet picture of rg3 and i chilling with chip carey and joe simpson of the atlanta brains so as i said I think it's time to get a word from our sponsor. And Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue. Authentic, original smoke barbecue catering. You can learn more at georgiasmoke.com. So for myself, Jam and Joe, thanks again to our man Lee Etheridge. This has been another exciting installment of the Fan for All Seasons podcast. I'm going to talk to you guys next week. And go dog.